1: From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast featuring in-depth interviews with experts from AccuWeather and from around the world. Bringing you behind-the-scenes information, stories, and news on the weather, climate change, and the outdoors. Covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now, here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist, Dean DeVore.
2: Friends, welcome in the final episode of our summer series of 2022. In some ways, I'm sad in saying that. In some ways, I'm actually excited because uh, fall is hurtling towards me personally as I get ready for a full weekend of volleyball announcing as the uh, voice of Penn State women's volleyball now for 29 years uh it is uh, seemingly fall to me in many ways although the weather says summer in a lot of the country and in fact a lot of the country will have pretty good summer weather for the most part to get in some last minute pool or beach time we'll talk about that in our second segment of the weather for the upcoming weekend and week beyond but as we wind down summer we are entering the Next phase of the Weather Photographer of the Year contest for 2022, presented by the Royal Meteorological Society in association with AccuWeather, Jesse Farrell of AccuWeather and Liz Bentley, Professor Bentley from Armetz. Join me next to talk about the public vote period, which is opening now. Sit back and relax, friends. It's time to talk about everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. We are excited at AccuWeather to be associated with the Royal Meteorological Society's Weather Photographer of the Year contest for again here in 2022, and we have entered a new phase In the contest, as this podcast drops, the shortlist is announced and the public vote is open. The shortlist for the annual Royal Meteorological Society Weather Photographer of the Year, in association with us here at AccuWeather, includes dramatic storms, frozen, frosty vistas, spectacular sunsets, scenes of climate change, and curious weather phenomena. Last month, the competition's judging panel comprising of photography and meteorological experts selected a combined shortlist from the main and mobile categories and chose their overall winners. And now the public, you have the opportunity, the chance to vote for your favorite finalist before all winners are announced coming up on the 6th of October. The vote is open now all the way through Wednesday, the 21st of September. And if you want to see these shortlisted images as we talk about them here in the next several minutes, uh, you can go to the site rmets.org, R-M-E-T-S dot org, slash, and then our kind of shorthand for this contest, W-P-O-T-Y, vote. And that's Weather Photographer of the Year vote. WPOTY vote. So rmets.org slash WPOTY vote. We have that link down in our notes section. And joining us now are two of those judges who have made their selections and now want to open it up to the world to see what they think. Our very own Jesse Farrell, who is a senior weather editor here for AccuWeather. Jesse's got 24 years of experience. He's right up there with me, almost 25 now, in terms of helping the public communicate about the weather he's uh, certainly started his own weather network and brought that into the AccuWeather family and uh, we are so happy to have Jesse as part of our AccuWeather family and he's been part of the voting process and the judging process uh, for the Armets Weather Photographer of the Year contest for the last three years and of course we bring in Professor Liz Bentley the CEO of the Royal Meteorological Society good friend of this program and Dr. Liz Bentley and Jesse join me to talk about this exciting new phase of weather photographer of the year for 2022. Let's talk to them here on everything under the sun from accuweather.com. First of all, it's great to have both of you with us. Um, This is always exciting. This is our third go around here of recent times with our friends at our and these two amazing individuals. Um, I want to start first with Jesse because uh, I know that so many things excite you, Jesse, about the weather and its sharing of the information and images and webcams. And you have built your life, your weather life, on that ability to network socially, weather, and not only to help people, but to entertain and, and have people um, really enjoy some of the things that many of us who are in the weather industry have noticed for years so for your involvement jesse over the last couple of years three years with this it's got to be exciting and the amazing cultivation of such great photography that we've seen especially again this year has to be exciting to be able to judge even though it's difficult right jesse
3: oh yeah it's very difficult to uh, whittle these images down from the thousands that we get and i think this year in particular there's a lot of different weather phenomena that are represented uh, in the final shortlist.
2: Um, Liz, I know when we talked a few weeks ago, we were coming off the uh, amazing heat, the first time ever that we recorded 40 degrees centigrade uh, officially in Great Britain, and we've had some spates of that. And I know you were excited because you were just coming off that... Kind of judging period here to get this shortlist together. So, you know, in that last week or so, has your excitement grown to present this shortlist to the people to see what their choices are after you and your fellow judges have made your choices?
4: It really has, actually, because obviously, you know, we, in the judging, we got the shortlist. And, but over the last couple of weeks, we've been putting captions together on the shortlist. And the captions are great because they tell that personal story of the photographer, uh, of, of how they managed to capture the image, whether they were very lucky to just be in the right place at the right time or whether they'd waited there for hours on end to capture this perfect image of something lightning or whatever it is. And also we we focus on the meteorology. So what's going on in the atmosphere to allow these kind of weather phenomena that you see in the images to happen? So there's a kind of educational element to it as well. So the last couple of weeks we've been putting these captions together. I've been reviewing them and tweaking them a little bit. uh, and, And that, so you've, you've, had a, a, an even closer look at some of the images than probably I had done during the judging, because you're really starting to think about what the atmosphere is doing. There's, there's one example I would uh, I'd draw you to in, in the images. There's one of a beautiful sunset that has a kind of mirage effect taking mm-hmm. place. So this was taken in, uh, in in the UK and it looks across the Thames estuary. Uh, And again, just to kind of you start to notice more and more and understand what the atmosphere is doing to get that mirage effect and to see these kind of buildings on the opposite side of the the river estuary being kind of elevated slightly up uh, above the ground level as well. So writing the captions, I have to say I've taken an even closer look at the images, which has been great.
2: And the and the caption writing was something you guys have added over the last couple of years, right? Uh, before, when we do the shortlist, it would just be the 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 photo or the image itself, and there wasn't much explanation. And I think, from what I've heard from people who not only are are submitting, but now these people that have saying, oh, every year now they're excited to see the shortlist like you are. This gives them more context, right? This gives them more opportunity to say you know, well, I know I like this one, but this is why, or, or those kinds of things.
4: Yeah, the caption really brings it to life. So th- the image is great. And there's some really stunning images here as we get every year. But the captions help to tell that personal story and the meteorological story. And again, I'll give you another example. There's a beautiful image of, of fr- the frozen waterfall, Niagara Falls. And I I encourage in the caption to actually zoom in on the detail of the icicles that are formed on the the rock face, but on this small little hut that's at the bottom of the the waterfall. Because I think if you just look at it, step back, it's beautiful, it's stunning. But actually, if you look at the detail and zoom in, there's so much more beauty and detail in there that you, you would miss. So the caption helps to really take the observer even deeper into the image itself. So, yeah, I think the captions are really helping.
2: For this uh, go around 119 uh, countries where are, where the photographs have come from. That's, that's kind of amazing. Uh, Different parts of the world, different images. Uh, Again, this short list is a cross section of, uh, if I understand this right, a couple of the categories. Remember we have different categories. We have the main one. We have the new category that we added Uh, for younger photographers, and then we separated a separate category for um, not just a a professional camera, but any mobile device. Uh, We kind of broke that off. So this shortlist, Jesse, runs all of that, right, in terms of uh, these folks picking, uh, the the general public now picking their favorite out of that shortlist that crosses all of those things.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and like uh, Liz was alluding to, each one of these photos has – its own story uh, from the photographer, and as a as a photographer, when I look at these pictures, I get that that kind of uh, high that a photographer gets when they know they're about to capture something that's really neat, and that you can really be transported uh, from wherever you are into that photo, and 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 really feel what the photographer was feeling as far as the weather is concerned. That's one of the things that really fascinates me.
2: So again, uh, this uh, the short list just released yesterday. We're dropping this podcast on Friday, August 26th. And uh, the, the the list was released yesterday. So this is the time now where you, um, the general public, can go to the website slash, And we always kind of uh, hashtag it WPOTY, Weather Photographer of the Year, and then just tack on the word vote to that. So it's rmets.org. slash. W.P.O.T.Y. Vote. And that's going to get you right to the place that you need to be. Um, Liz, a couple of the other without giving too much away, a couple of the other uh, when it's hard to do on the radio and audio. But when we can't see that list. But if if you were looking at it, is there any others that people will uh, think they'll take notice of very quickly? And that kind of caught your eye, some things that you want to highlight here in another one or two?
4: Yeah, I I guess the thing for me is there's, again, there's a a huge range of images. So we've got some in there that are very benign weather, so kind of mist and and low cloud. And uh, there's a couple, there's one that's got a beautiful sunrise, you've got mist just rising uh, over a riverbed, but there's lots of hoarfrost in the foreground. So you've got a mixture of the warmth of the sunshine and the very cool icy field in the foreground of the image. And then you can go to the opposite extreme, and we've got a a couple of, you know, crash, bang, wallop, lightning uh, strikes, um, very dramatic, beautiful images, the real kind of high energy end, I guess, of meteorology, and then everything in between. So there's a whole range. Some are focusing on particular weather elements. Some have a climate element to them as well. So thinking about climate change. And it'll be interesting to see what the public do vote on because quite often they vote on uh, different images that they prefer than the ones that we as Jesse and I have judged to be kind of the winner, I guess, of the Weather Photographer of the Year competition.
2: It is. um, Jesse, as someone who does this Uh, on their own, you know, what, what did you, do you learn from when you look at these pictures, anything, or is there some things that like, you know, I never thought of taking that, that approach, or I never thought of that, that might be a good subject. Uh, Could people learn or what, what do you think the average person can take away who says, you know, this is something I'd like to try to do sometime is capture an image uh, like this. Uh, What, what can, what can people learn from watching and looking at these photos? Well, I think people can learn a lot about um, photo composition, how to
3: properly uh, capture the the weather with the proper composition and they can get a feel for what's um, really uh, looked for by photo judges. And there are some different ways of of looking at uh, things. There's a image in there, which is uh, a photo of a dam with uh, water flowing over it and uh, a person walking across uh, a bridge in front of it. And that might not be something that you would normally think of to kind of envelop the term rain, which is kind of hard to show in photos, but that's a good example of capturing capturing rain in a photo.
2: What about you, Liz? Anything that, uh, that strikes you or, or looking at these photos, some things that the, the general public, other things that, you know, that, that caught your eye and that you might want to point out?
4: Yeah, so uh, we've started getting more and more photos coming in from drones as well. Uh, So there's one Mm -hmm. certainly in the shortlist that's taken from a drone above. And so you have to kind of, first of all get your perspective of what you're looking at before you kind of understand and get the detail there's a there's a number of images each year as well that come in that have a close-up so they really zoom in and again we've got a couple in the shortlist this year so one focuses on a window pane that's got some beautiful kind of ice structure that's formed in the window pane uh, and another one of raindrops that have fallen on water and you get these bubbles forming on top of the water uh, again, close-ups and you get that extra detail of, you know, what the power, I guess, but beauty of of, of weather and, and climate uh, coming through these images. So there's a whole range, as I say, and- some of them, uh, you know, you quickly recognize there's rainbows in there. And I think most of us mm. are very familiar with those. But there's other things that, you know, you, you start to learn and question. And sometimes you look at the image, as I say, and it takes you a moment just to realize what exactly am I looking at here? So, uh, yes, yeah, a, a whole range. Fascinating. Beautiful. Im- I mean, I'm looking at them all kind of put together in a palette and you know the colors come out as well that's you know there's there's such a range of colors that come from uh meteorology not just blue skies and and kind of orange and, and yellow suns but the whole range in between so yeah beautiful
2: okay and again a reminder now we are we've got about a month here until uh, September 21st to put your vote in for your choice remember the judges have already uh, chosen their picks for weather photographer of the year for young weather photographer of the year and the mobile image too. So that judging has been done and that's going to be announced when we get into October. Uh, we're looking at the 6th of October to reveal that on a Thursday. That's going to be an amazing uh, uh, announcement and we're going to do that. And, you know, the other thing that I always look forward to at the end of it, uh, the the calendar featuring all the winners and finalists will go on sale at the Armetz online shop uh, later this year, too. So and people can get a piece of this history, too. And I know I am will have mine uh, right in front of me. So I get to see that every month to get that new picture. So those are all great things to keep uh, uh, track of. Right, Liz? Anything else you want me to add there in terms of the timing and voting? No,
4: perfect. So as you say, a, a month uh, to get your votes in uh, closes on the 21st of September. And the calendar, as you say, let you know, perfect Christmas present. And we're talking about Christmas in August. Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> pumpkin
2: spices out here was out in july so we're all good we we, we rush things jesse anything you'd like to add i know um, it's been special for you to be uh, a part of this over the last three years and uh, we had elliot be a part of it this year elliot abrams uh, and um it's it's got to be in some ways frustrating but fun to be in this uh, amazing uh, situation
3: yeah, it is. And, you know, once again, just to echo what I already said, um, with a, such a range of wonderful photos this year that really, I mean, almost any weather phenomenon that you can name, we've got a picture of it this year. It's it's such a wonderful wide range.
2: Real quick, Liz, um, I know the, the record-setting heat that we had, I know you guys uh, in Great Britain have kind of relaxed a little bit, but... Uh, it's been a busy summer there weather wise. Any any weather stories of note for Great Britain and Europe here over the next uh, week or so that you've been looking at?
4: yeah so heat was one story, but drought has definitely yeah. been another story both here in the UK so we've got a number of water companies here that have now put water restrictions to host pipe bans for us in the UK, particularly the southern and eastern part that that kind of flows down through France into Spain Portugal mm. the, the heat dome that was affecting western part of you has shifted east so right. But seeing record temperatures in finland for example mm. quite recently and then i'm just looking towards the end of next week it feels like that heat's going to come back round again so we might get a second bite of it as we before we close off august really here so yeah it, it's an ongoing thing really across europe you'll have seen i'm sure some of the images of the rivers across Europe, the rhine the mighty rhine you know yeah. it's, it's almost Gwindled. empty
2: yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, and, and we're seeing it in the in the the northeast. A lot of drought that uh, just been, you know, and 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 we, that old saying, drought gets drought. We had an opportunity to have a big storm just a week or so ago up along the eastern seaboard, and hardly got anything from it. So that gets frustrating too. Well, Professor Bentley and Jesse, it's always great to have you here, and we look forward to that again. We'll vote through September twenty first, and we look forward to early October for the announcement of what the judges chose and what you chose for weather photographer of the year. Friends, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you again. That link is our slash W P O T Y vote. And we have that link down in our notes section. And uh, certainly we will keep you up to date here and probably do an update about halfway through as we get ready For the end of that voting period, the 21st of September, and the announcement of all of the winners of Weather Photography of the Year for 2022 on the 6th of October. Coming up, I'll be back with our Weather for the Upcoming Weekend and Week Beyond segment and a preview of how we're going to turn the page into our fall series for 2022. That's coming up. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day, every day. And we'll get back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com as we enter into the final weekend of August, the final weekend of meteorological summer, and we're taking a look at the weather for the upcoming weekend and week ahead i'm your host meteorologist dean devore welcoming you back in um look uh let's start out west where it's dry along the coastal regions we got a dip in the jet stream bringing some cool air and we are seeing some signs of this now as i talked about up front in the podcast where the cooler drier air of fall from canada is starting to make some inroads so The Pacific Northwest will be cool. There will be some spotty showers from, say, Spokane, Washington, over to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and uh, maybe Missoula, Montana, in that region, up to Glacier National Park. There's also that monsoonal moisture that's coming up through Mexico in the Four Corners area, so central and eastern parts of Arizona, western parts of New Mexico, and then up into the mountains of Colorado, not necessarily to Denver itself uh, to the east, uh, certainly in the plains look dry. And then there's a tongue of that moisture going up into the Wasatch of of Utah. We're also looking at some showers and thunderstorms in the upper plains this weekend, eastern parts of the Dakotas, over to the western Great Lakes, to maybe uh, northwestern parts of uh, Illinois and up into Wisconsin. I think Chicago and But certainly, Detroit have a great weekend. It's going to be warmer. It looks dry. Great weekend for the lakes uh, in the Great Lakes for a last weekend of summer. And in terms of the beaches along the eastern seaboard, we're looking really good in New England. I mean, this is kind of like a dream weekend on the last weekend of august for you the weekend before labor day uh for uh, the cape i'm kind of jealous i'm not out in p-town this weekend uh but we're looking at some shower and thunderstorm chances more so saturday than sunday when you're looking at places like new york city and down the jersey shore to the delmarva beaches sunday from the delmarva beaches down it's also a probably a, a, a threat for a shower thunderstorm Uh, Anything that pops up in this situation could be spotty and slow moving, so there could be some drenching downpours. Better shots of showers and thunderstorms as you head down the eastern seaboard to Florida and back across to the central Gulf, back to uh, Houston. We'll see some showers and thunderstorms on occasion over the weekend. But uh, warm and dry, Ohio, Tennessee Valley. uh, Looks pretty good for a lot of the country to have some opportunities to get outside now i know like i said up front i'm already starting to get into fall mode i, I have a nice weekend weather wise here in state college but i'll be spending a lot of friday and saturday inside rec hall our gym where penn state women's volleyball will be hosting one of its first tournaments of the year and it is going to be uh interesting and speaking of that friends as we get into next week and get ready for labor day we're going to switch our focus to fall and we're going to talk sports you know that Sports is the other part of my work life. And as the voice of Penn State football getting ready for football season, uh, we're going to be dropping that podcast on Thursday morning before Penn State opens its college football season uh, and uh, at Purdue that night. And we're going to be talking with two friends who uh, are near and dear to me. One that goes back to my early days in State College Radio, Sweeney Murdy, who's now uh, a voice of the Yankees, uh, has done some play-by-play this year and has been the beat a reporter for the Yankees on WFAN and also my friend, Tom Ackerman from St. Louis will be talking. We'll talk about postseason baseball as we get ready to ramp up for that. And they're both huge college football fans. Sweeney, obviously a Penn state fan and, Tom has an Indiana perspective, being an IU grad, so uh, also very knowledgeable about uh, sports in general. So a good discussion with them as we get ready for Labor Day next week and we start our fall series. Friends, thanks to our hundreds of team members across the world here at AccuWeather that are working hard every day to weatherproof your life. And you can do that by downloading our apps either on the uh, Android side or the Apple side. And you can also start using our new Premium Plus, which gives you even extra upfront alerts about pending and impending strong to severe storms and other bad or even good weather phenomena. That's the other thing that we're going to be starting to do is trying to alert people like. We did here in this podcast where you could have a great summer weekend. That's things we'll be doing with our premium plus subscription there. Also our AccuWeather Network, which is also available in part on our AccuWeather Now platform, which is on our AccuWeather.com website. So on all those places and our hundreds of media partners, including the great radio stations I'm on, proud to serve you in weatherproofing your life. For our executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robb, I'm Dean DeVore, your host. That's a wrap on summer. We'll talk to you next week when we open up fall on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com.